Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Hello and welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles, we give shout outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever else comes to mind during the course of the conversation. I'm Rob from the Internet. Let's talk about beer. All right, joining me today is Andrew Walsh with uh, Lake of Bays Brewing. Andrew, if you would, tell me a little bit about yourself. How you got into the beer biz and what you do when you're not brewing beer or talking to people about beer. Thanks, Rob. Uh, so Andrew Walsh, head brewer for Lake Bay's Brewing Company. Uh, I've been with the company for almost 10 years now. Started out as a keg washer, uh, scrubbing floors, scrubbing tanks, doing the nitty gritty, doing doing what you have to do in a brewery. Uh, it's been a fun, fun ride. Uh, a lot of a lot of just making my own work to seem important that some days it kind of felt like of uh, jumping in on Saturdays when I was young and had no responsibilities for anything and making all sorts of mediocre recipes, finding my way across the, the beer world and seeing what I could do. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been a fun ride. I, I never really expected beer to take me kind of on this adventure. Uh, it seemed like a lot of fun, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I, it it fits me really, really well. So it's uh, grown from a company that was six fermenters and a small Baysville facility to two restaurants. Uh, you know, a, a a medium to top producer of craft beer within Ontario. It, it's just it's it's crazy how far we've come. We were sort of reminiscing not that long ago about, you know, all the silly things that me and two of the original guys that are still brewing today uh, used to just kind of pull. And there wasn't as much work uh, as there is now. And we used to have a little bit more time to ourselves. And now we're just on the go and on the go and on the go. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've been to the uh, the restaurant and I guess it's like your little experimental place in Huntsville. Yeah, uh, it's got the, the the little setup there. Uh, it was it was quite enjoyable. Had good food, great beer. You know, it, appreciate it. Was, it. It was, it was nice. It was a nice uh, day. Uh, we were up there for the um, band on the run. Uh, oh yeah, uh, half marathon. A few. It was now. It's been like I think three years ago, thanks to COVID. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we yeah, tried so to just forget about those last two years in the brewing industry. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't horrible. I mean, it was sort of a weird realization that we were, uh, we were, uh, I guess, a necessity to to the province. That that always felt weird. I, I remember that coming down, <laughs> and being like, "Well, we're closing, right?" And I was like, "No, we're we're probably getting busier." And uh, it it was interesting, but it kept me sane. Um, you know, I I I, I luckily. I had an opportunity to take uh, paternity leave for eight weeks, uh, just starting in uh, November for my first son. And um, but it, it really gave me a, a taste of that, like, oh, I'm at home for eight weeks. Like, I, I, I love being in the brewery. I love I love that crappy smell of whatever people sometimes think. Oh, I, I can't. How do you work in that? And it's like, oh, I, this is this is what I breathe in all the time. This is, this is good to me. I don't know. I, I always kind of get the bakery vibes off of it, but some people can't yeah. stand it. But no, uh, I mean, I, I love the smell too. Uh, I'm a home brewer. I've been brewing uh, for the last 15 or so years. Um, I've got a new system coming, supposed to be delivered mid May as long Very as, nice. uh, as long as China doesn't get shut down completely now. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I've got, yeah, I've got a, a one barrel uh, skid mount system coming. That's going to be delivered. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's uh, moving. So that's up. legitimately better than anything that I was brewing on for the first like six and a half years of Lake of Bays. Like, <laughs> like, like, 
And that's not a shot. That was just, you know, Darren's basically scraping pennies together. And I think he he bought the system kind of as a an intro to like, oh, I'm going to start a brewery. So I do need something a little bit more. But the the way that homebrewing has come along in maybe the last five, 10 years is incredible. Like I have some, I had a friend who was actually uh, Asa Prevost. He's um, head brewer for Brothers Brewing down in Guelph. Um, great spot if you haven't checked that out. But he he was making systems, I'm pretty sure, at a time, and he was doing some really cool stuff. And I was like, who's doing this? Like, who's buying this kind of stuff? It's fully automated almost. It's got, you know, it's one barrel or half barrel systems. But it's great. Like, I was brewing on, no joke, turkey burners and cut up kegs. And, like, we had a pump that sort of worked. And you were just <laughs> sort of hoping that it didn't fail halfway through. And you're pumping into other cut up kegs that we were using as like kind of demijohns and it's that was it was again a lot of fun but i'm looking at the the systems that people are kind of growing up with in their garage now and it's like fuck you got the rolls royce like we don't we never yeah. had that we didn't have anything like that yeah but no and, and yeah i know like i know the system i'm getting is is going to be the envy of a lot of people uh because it's it's i mean it's a commercial system you know yeah um when i when i moved to canada four almost four and a half years ago uh, my I had plans on opening a brewery, and uh, after my wife and I discussed it, we decided that we just have a really kick-ass home brewery and still be able to take vacations and things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know it's it's the it's, it's ever the joke. Uh, if you want to be a brewer, don't open your own brewery. You're never gonna touch the system ever again. I, yeah. I mean, again, Darren was home brewing in his closet, started that dream, and had a business degree. But I, I have a feeling that. You know, he kind of pokes around the brewery every once in a while. And he knows he knows a lot of stuff for not probably touching the system in, you know, eight years. But it's incredible. He he just kind of knows it all. And you can tell there's an itch there, but he's got way too much to do on the business side because it just swallows you, right? I mean, you open yeah. two restaurants and keep a full brewery running and distribute all across the province and into the into the rest of the country. It's like, yeah, you're you're probably not mashing in a Pilsner ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the system I'm getting is uh, it's, it's not a fully automated, it's a semi-automated, but it does have uh, it will have a uh, touch panel with, uh, with uh, all the controls on it. And uh, nice. it'll, have, it'll have recipe storage, which is nice. Cause I, I tend to do, oh, I, have, cool. I have like five core recipes that I make all the time. And it's going to be nice yeah. to, to just be able to walk up, press a button and say, I'm making this today. And the system will start doing its thing. <laughs> you know fitting stuff out yeah yeah right, yeah cool. it, it, it'll be nice but uh, yeah no, well, enough enough about me let's get back to uh to, to to you so i have two lake of bays beers with me here i've got oh. uh low tide and then i've got your uh the, your non-alcoholic so cool. uh figure we'd talk about these uh whichever one yeah. you'd like to start with i will crack and drink <laughs> well let's let's go for low tide because it has the alcohol content and i've we've I, i've had a long day i don't know about yourself but I, i'll take the two and a half yeah so um you know i jumping into this industry when i did it was all heavy west coast it, you know west coast ipas and big abvs and again it's just this industry keeps you on your toes um I, I, I jumped in and again, brewing on the turkey burner system on Saturdays and Sundays, I just sort of forced a role of like, I'm going to be product development. And everyone kind of looked at me like, sure. I mean, nobody else is doing it, so that's fine. But it, it you know, it, it seems like a lot, a lot of fun because product development is kind of just homebrewing, right? It's just messing around with stuff where you're like, man, I wish I could have that. Oh, somebody else has the budget to pay for pops that I can't right. find anywhere. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that, that's a good deal. But it's um, it's tricky. It, it you have to keep up with trends, and you're always trying to model yourself after what is trendy. But you're also trying to become the trendsetter. And you know, we've had product launches before where we were early, and we had products that basically just had an okay outing and died off, and and we thought nothing of it. And then in a 18 month span, the LCBO starts picking up on it, and it was like oh shit, like we were there, we were right there. So Low Tide is actually a great example of that where we launched it, we had a little bit of overcomplicated jargon. I think we were trying to simplify it for the customer of like buzzwords and um, 
what happened. There was just too much of it. And so now we just have it as a 90 calorie IPA. And it sort of just says everything that it is. It's a, it's, it's a light, light beer. It's two and a half percent. And again, my 24 year old self would have been like two and a half percent. What are we doing with two and a half percent? Where, where are my Belgians? Where are my triples? Where are my, where, where are my double IPAs that are just full of Centennial and Amarillo and whatever else was popular back in 2014? And, you know, I, I had a bit, I had some different goals back then, but it's amazing the clientele that we have that are coming up to our restaurants that are drinking our beer a lot more are, are more so in line with me and yourself where we have some obligations. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't have the time to be slamming back a mystery pack, a eight to 10, you know, seven percenters. Like I just, a one-year-old has kept me on my toes enough uh, over 15 months that, uh, you know, it, it's it's really nice. I can come home with two and a half percent beer and I I get the full experience. Right. Um, I, that's my takeaway from it, at least. Uh, not to say that I can't get into some doubles and some other things every once in a while, but it's just one of those things where it's nice where I can sit outside. It, it was beautiful here today and 15 degrees Same here. and I can go out on my deck and have like three of these and be like, okay. And now I still got dinner and nap time, bedtime and all the other <laughs> parenting things that come along with it. And I'm in control. I'm doing pretty good. And now I get to sit here and have a conversation with you. And I'm, you know, it, you don't have that worry of like, Oh God, like I'm, I'm a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sort of fun. Um, now I don't want to take away from again, some of the nicer high ABVs. We just, we just did some cool stuff in our barrel house, um, which I, I'll talk about a little bit, but um, our barrel house program is another niche section of Lake of Bays where we actually have three uh, thousand liter fooders uh, and we're doing way more specialty stuff. Uh, we just put out an Oud Brune um, that is probably my favorite beer that I've ever I'm made. I'm going to have to uh, grab it that. Was, yeah, it's, you know, and it's funny, we, we've had a little bit of trouble with, uh, with shipping. Um, because it's all in uh, 750 tall glass. And so our we, we've been doing great with our online store, but it's all been cans. Cans are super easy to move. They don't really break, they're light, they're, you know, they're easy to pack up. And then we were like, what about these big glass bottles with wax all over them? And they're, you know, they're worth way more. And they're like, well, I don't know, maybe we, like, so we had to talk about it. So we're trying to work on that to get that distributed, but at our retail locations, we're having it. And slowly we're trickling the fact that like, Oh, we're we're more than just the cottage brewery that people sometimes think of. We're we're doing some stuff that actually is pushing a little bit of those super crafty edges. And you know, it's important that we we kind of always say we have 16 taps in the restaurant and we don't expect you to like all of them, but I but I bet I can find you one or two that you can really appreciate. Yeah. And that's sort of the philosophy that I've always come in with of like, I'm not gonna try to convince you that you need to like a beer if you don't like it, that's fine. I just need you to have an open and honest take on it, try it and, and, and just think about what you do or don't like. And it's amazing. You give somebody that like 10 second speech and you you see them look at the glass and be like, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. They take a sip and they go, okay, I don't like it, but this is why I don't like it. And it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, it, it's crazy. And that's the beauty of, of going to the brewery and say, getting a flight. So if you're not sure, mm -hmm. you're making you're making like a four ounce commitment, not a not a not a sixteen ounce commitment. So you know yeah. it, it's a lot easier to go, yeah, no, I'm not going to drink that because I don't like it because you know it's this big as opposed to this big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've even gone a bit of a step further with our restaurants, where so we have the sampling bar. So we encourage all of our guests that uh, if they want to get up from their table, go around to the sample bar. In Huntsville or in Bracebridge, more so a Huntsville thing at this point. We're dealing with a Bracebridge space because of COVID. We've never actually had it fully open. Gotcha. Um, but we actually suggest, like, please get up, go to the sample area, and taste, you know, a few before you even order the flight. And we don't eat like we're not in the business of charging for beer that you aren't going to be a fan. Of. Why? Why? Why do we want to put? even a four ounce glass in front of you and say like, Oh, you didn't like it. That's like, that's too bad. <laughs> like go up to the tasting bar, you get like a half ounce sample and you can make a, like a pretty snap judgment. And then people still end up ordering flights of like, Ooh, I think I really liked 
uh, this, 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 this. And I'll still just do, you know, a mixture of it because, wow, I can get all these different yep. beers. So yeah. it's, I, I, I really like that because when we opened the pub, I wasn't sure how that was going to work. And we did, you know, Darren was really like, no, let's get beer into people's hands. That's, that's goal, yep. right? Like, what, why are we going to be stuffy about this and try to make two extra dollars because they, they didn't want this beer. Or we're going to charge for a half ounce sample. Like, no, just, you know, let them have it. Let them try it. And let's well, see yeah, I like. mean, ultimately if, if someone likes something, they're going to buy more of it. So you're, you're going to end exactly. up making money in the long run. Mm-hmm. Well, it's great instant feedback too. Um, again, with the product development thing, it was a natural progression that when we started opening the pubs, it was like, okay, quit, quit brewing on this busted ass 30 liter <laughs> system and let's 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 build let's get you to brew on like a real but just smaller version of the system and so i, I spend a lot of time at our restaurants um it's it's a big thing that launched me into the head brewer role because it was you know you get left alone and uh you you gotta you know you gotta deal with an entire day but there's a real customer side to it where you can see people peeking in and if you want to be a grumpy guy and just not deal with the public you can do that um, but to me, it's like, geez, this is such a great opportunity, not even just for Lake of Bays, but for the, the industry to be like, look, here's what we do. And this is like, this is a real thing and we're putting effort into it. And it's, it's not always about just being a factory that pumps stuff out. It's, it's about that connection, uh, to me. Yeah. I mean, so, that a lot if, of if you can connect with your customers, you're going to have a lot better relationship with them and you're going to know what they like and what they're going to buy uh, based on past, you know, past relations with them. And it's going to help you guys to figure out, okay, well, what's the next thing we think people are going to want because you're talking to these people and, and you're not just holding them at arm's length. You know, um, yep. I love, I love going to breweries and touring breweries. I was talking with a guest I just had on earlier in the week about this. And uh, you know, it's not to see the brewing systems anymore because I've seen so many brewing systems that, they're all pretty much it's all it's all it's all the same thing just just different sizes and and in different locations um ooh ooh you guys have a whirlpool ooh. too nice nice yeah. three vessel yeah. system okay <laughs> right exactly but you know cold liquor I, I love i love uh i love just talking to the people who give the tours cuz it's typically one of the brewers who's giving you the tour and you get to talk to them mm-hmm. and you ask them questions and and that's kind of what drove me to start doing this uh, this show is because there's so many people that are afraid to ask questions and there's so many people that are afraid to try new beers that uh you know i figure if, if i can help anybody make a decision hell well you might like this you know oh, you like drinking you like drinking yep. bud light well you might like this beer because it's it's a craft beer but it's very similar in, in profile and you know, you, you get you get that kind of feedback when when you talk to your customers and when people take tours and, and when you're not the grumpy Gus who doesn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, and I think I think you nailed it. I think it's um, we see a lot of customers come in and it's it's an educational thing where they're afraid of seeming dumb. They're afraid that they don't know enough about this very tight-knit community and craft beer can be tight-knit in a good way but sometimes it can kind of shut out from people too right we want to keep it our little little secret but it's so great when you get somebody who's like i didn't know that i like this i mean my wife is a prime example uh, we met at lake of bays she was working there i was working there we had no idea who <laughs> each other were I, I i moved up from the gta and here's this little girl in in sales that's just a you know a pretty pretty strong woman and knows what she wants. And, you know, you didn't mess with Emma in 2013. You still don't mess with Emma in 2022. <laughs> um, but I remember we started dating and she's like, I don't really like beer. And I was like, well, that's kind of going to be a problem. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't need you to know as much as me or care as much as me, but like, there's probably going to be beer around and it would be nice that we have that kind of common thing. So I did the same thing that a lot of people do where it's like, well, okay, so we'll start you off on the lightest because if you don't like beer, you're going to, you, you need light. And so we try light lager now. And then we try something a little like a North American lager. No, I don't like that. So we were running through the entire profile and I was like, well, there's only one beer left, but like, I don't think you're going to like it, but I mean, we're here. We might as well try it. 
and it was 10 point, which was our English style IPA. It wasn't full West coast, but it, it had, it had Amarillo, it had Cascade, it had, it, it was, it was barely malt forward, kind of like that medium copper sort of color, uh, 50, 50, maybe 60 IBUs. And I was like, you're not going to like this. And she started drinking. She's like, this is my favorite beer. Why didn't you give me this first? And it's like, what? Like, and it just, threw, it just threw me, right? Like, it's like, no, you don't start out liking IPAs. I didn't start out liking IPAs. So like you would start out drinking like I did with Molson Cold Shots and James Ready Five Fives. And, and that's, that's the <laughs> tradition of becoming a beer drinker. And then, but it's just, it's a flavor profile of all of a sudden you're like, oh, you just actually are thinking about why you don't or, or do like this. It's incredible. You, you kind of have to get out of that space of, of light. You start light and you go dark or you start light and you go heavy. It, it, it's, it's all dependent on what people's flavor profiles are and you can't change those. So you kind of have to figure out where they want to start and then kind of branch out from there. I still can't really get Emma to do too many like stouts or porters and it's not in her wheelhouse. But then it makes sense. That's not in your wheelhouse. The hoppy and bitter is really good for her. sweet and malty and, and like that chocolatey roast. Not so much. So I still always give her trials of things. But it, it's it's funny when you start kind of looking outside of it and being like, OK, no, there isn't one way to look at this puzzle. It's it's, it's yep. many. different. Yeah. Drugs. You know, I uh, I came up uh, I came up drinking uh, lots of lots of really bad beer. Um, I, I, and and that include that includes the, that you look, are what, you an that? ex drinker? <laughs> were no. you an ex drinker? Uh, so my no. I, I have an uncle who was a brewer for Coors, so there was always Coors, um, always Coors. Oh yeah. Um, and then you know we always had uh, all the other stuff. You, there was always Miller, and there was always like when when MGD came out, that was the big right. thing. And and then uh, when oh yeah, when, what was it called? Yeah. Ice House was uh, a, a competitor. I think it was made by Budweiser. Um, I think that one that one escapes me. I don't know about that. I might uh, have oh, to track I, I don't the case even know down. If, I bet they, I don't even uh, know bet they if make it's tons of even that. made anymore. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so I started off with all those beers, and then um, I uh, I tried a uh, I tried an ESB when I was uh, when I was fifteen, and I discovered mm -hmm. I really like the malt mm -hmm. and the sweet and and the bready. So oh, yeah. you know yeah. now nowadays uh, I, I'm I'm the, the the stout and porter and ESB guy, you know, and, and get, give me, give me, give me an old school English IPA, like traditional English IPA. Cause it's got that, you know, heavy yep. malt forward uh, profile with just that bitter end yep. and stuff on it. And that's, that's for me, that's the, that's my, my main go-tos. I mean, that's not to say I won't drink anything cool. if you give it to me because I'm going to try everything. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I don't think you can like every beer. I mean, I'm in this industry and I, we make all sorts and that it's, it's sort of a, it's one of those things where you, you have to remind yourself, like, I'm not making beer for me. I'm making yep. beer to sell it. So just because I don't like this style doesn't mean that it's not going to sell. And, um, you know, a, a big one for me is Amber Lagers. Uh, our, our old head brewer, uh, Dan loved them. Like, and it was, you know, pale malt, special W, like in that realm, those were the malts and he made killer amber lagers, but he made so many of them. I was like, <laughs> I just can't stand the style anymore. But, but then I probably have staff in the restaurants that are like, could you quit making New England and hazies? And it's like, I, you know, I don't even know if I really want to make those all the time anymore too, but we do have money that has to come in here and that's what the LCBO demands. I mean. It's a funny game where you you have to make beer for customers and you kind of have to you have to play the game and do well enough at that so that you can be in a company that has the freedom to say, OK, we have extra space. We have extra budget. We have extra kind of reach to be able to put out some weird. Pro I mean, if if Lake of Bays was back where it was in 2013, we wouldn't be making Oud Bruins like a lacto kettle sour with Brett primary fermentation that aged in fooder for a hundred days. And it was a, I think it was a total of a eight and a half month aging process. Who's me. buying that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. Yes. And me, like we're two guys on this podcast and like, 
I hope the rest of you podcast people, you know, kind of kind of soak that in. But, you know, try to go at that with a core and then try to get that into a brewing schedule over a week. I mean, that that beer took that beer took eight and a half months. It took four days to brew because the kettle sour was we were waiting on pH for three and a half days. And again, my wife, such a wonderful human being to accept that, like, I love what I do we were passing through Bracebridge and it was sitting in the barrel house and the kettle and I go in and I come back out to the car and she's got our son. And I said, I'm it, it's, it's at pH. She's like, what? And I was like, it's at pH. She's like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like tell me, I was like, I got a brew. She's like, it's Sunday at four o'clock. I was like, I, I know it has to go. Like, this is when it goes. I, I, I thought it would be tomorrow morning, which would have been perfect for a Monday morning shift. But it's Sunday at four and I got to get this beer out. So, you know, okay, well, we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And I'm, I'm wandering around and, you know, this is like within the first year of the, the barrel house being open. And you're like, all these restaurant staff are like, what the hell is he doing? Like, we're in full kitchen mode. We're in full. I was right. like, beer doesn't stop. Sorry. I'll stay on my side of the wall. Like, don't. <laughs> don't hate me but this is going to be the coolest beer we put out in a long time so yeah it's uh it's, it's fun but again going kind of going back it's we've been given some real luxuries because we've just been able yep. to kind of crank out the hits and then that allows for us to get to some of the specialty stuff that you hear a lot about it from uh, other breweries uh but mainly your consumers that it's like why aren't you doing this and this and this and this and it's like we can try, but we can't put out a hundred different one-offs because it's really hard. Like the LCBO starts looking at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> like we make the LCBO's goal right. money. They got to make some money. So your product has to sell. And if you're not selling, there's a, a 800th craft brewery opening on Ontario, probably. <laughs> it just tomorrow. opened right now. So, <laughs> it's open right now somebody has i i bet you you know it's 50 50 chance somebody's throwing a launch party today on the thursday before it sure Easter. does it just seems like the right time to do it awesome so so tell me tell me a little bit about the um how you guys des- decided you wanted to make a 90 calorie ipa what was what was the uh the thinking behind that so well i honestly think it started getting into kind of the the group of people that we had when we were talking about beers, we kept coming up with this, like, um, I, I'm not going to name brewery specifically, but people were putting out nine and 10 percenters. And we would, we would kind of talk and we'd go, you know, back to work and be like, oh yeah, I was in the LCBO. Did you see this? And it's like, yeah. Did you buy it? I just don't have time for a 10% beer. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts too. Like somebody's obviously buying them. It, it's, but it started kind of just as a, everybody that was talking about it and like a base was like, I, I just can't see myself doing that right now. It's, it's 38 degrees outside. Like I want to be in the water and I want to be refreshed and I can't find that with, you know, these big beefy triple dry hop, <laughs> triple quadruple IPAs. And so we we're like, have we ever really done anything lighter? And I had made one, one brew at uh, Huntsville. It was uh we called it anime after my wife's grandmother. Um, we actually found wild hops cool. on her family farm. Um, and Anna had passed uh, away just uh, the summer before. And I thought it'd be a nice little tribute to just be like, we're using hops from her land. and and But it felt like, how do I incorporate her into a beer? And she was this lovely little woman um, who apparently really didn't drink at all. And the, her family doesn't really drink at all. So I was like, well, it's got to be light. Like, it has to be light. And so we put out this beer with fresh, like, wet hop, fresh pick that day. Went to my wife's family farm, drove it all the way back, put it, like, dry hop or uh, wet hop the kettle. And I came out and everyone was like, what the hell are you doing? This is a 2.5% beer. And I was like, yeah, but it's kind of tasty, isn't it? And they're like, it is. But, like, I don't know if we can sell this. And it blew out. Like, it was incredible. And we couldn't tell if it was that it was the story uh, if it was the two and a half, it was just the flavor profile of it. But there was something there where people were like, oh, that's cool. I can't get that anywhere else. And, you know, the only the only thing that ever really uh, 
across my mind as like a macro example of it, I think was Crack Canoe. And all I knew of Crack Canoe was that when Crack Canoe first launched, I was 18 and my goals were not 3% or three and a half percent lockers. Oh, that? No, thank you. I will, I will be somewhere else playing beer pong or being a fool out in the park or whatever the hell I was doing back in my stupid youth as a young a youth drinker i'm glad you said 15 it makes me feel better i was in the same range like sometimes that number comes out and people are like really I'm like well i don't know it just it happened I, I don't know but um but yeah so that beer blew out and we thought well we we have to kind of look at this so um we wanted that was more of like a it was a, like a mild ale um with with fresh hops because there was only so many hops on the farm that we could find um, but we thought, well, let's take a style that people are used to having, uh, big ABVs in and kind of just drag that back and, and see what the reception is. I mean, we, we kind of didn't know, we kind of thought like, it's either going to go really well or people are going to be like, nope, who the hell would buy that? And so we put it out and it did have a mixed review. And that's going back to that. We, we kind of overcomplicated the, the language of it. We called it a super sessionable low IBU IPA or something. Like it was like, blah, just, it's just word soup. And um, so I think it scared a lot of people off. I think in the beer industry, when you work in it, IBU is such a common term. But it's amazing when, when we go to tables, um, we have IBUs just on the side of where you have the beer, the style, the alcohol, and then we have IBUs. Um because it's craft and it, it adds that little extra flair. But the amount of people that always are like, I don't know what that is. What is that? And it's like, oh, okay, don't be scared of that. And let's explain it. And um, so anyways, again, <laughs> uh, blathering on, we, we kind of went, okay, hold on. Let's just make this, just keep it simple. And uh, we actually saw some other things coming out in the market that were like, okay, like I think yeah. the low elk trend is coming up. Um, and it's been, I believe it's our best seller on our online store. And I feel like I don't have the data, uh, but I feel like I heard that there, you could see sort of a trend line of the original COVID drinking scale of like where some of our beers were going. And it was a nice, even sort of everything was going. And then like, you got into about six months and it was like low tide, <laughs> People have been drinking at home far too much. Low Tide is a great option where they can still drink at home, but they're not doing the whole hangover <laughs> right? every day, doing nothing with their life thing. And we went, wait a minute, this, this makes so much sense. Like there is that market. You just have to be able to uh, implement it and in introduce it to people. But I mean, even if you're looking at, I think Molson has some uh, low alcohol that they're pumping. Like, I don't know any of their numbers. But if you, if Molson's pumping billboard money into stuff and commercial money and they're on, you know, all the sports networks, it's like, oh, somebody's done a good amount of research there. And that's telling us that we don't have a $300,000 budget to look into this. But we'll just probably <laughs> base like, yeah, that seems like that's probably working. Uh, uh, they kind of know, you know, a lot of people shit on macro and I, I don't I don't have time for it personally. I, I think they know what they're doing and they have a lot of money and they realize like right. runes aren't their target market. So why are they, why are they making Coors Light uh, kettle sours? Like, you know, it's, it's just a different, it's a different game and you know, you don't have to like the beer. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, they make exceptionally consistent beer, which is something that I think the craft industry could really, learn from of like hey wouldn't it be nice if we were yeah. all just just a smidge more consistent um because I, I hate i hate that i hate buying a beer and being like man that was really good and then going back and being like what happened like what is this i don't know what this is it's it's one of our biggest goals it's it's been a you know you become head brewer and basically it's like owning <laughs> a brewery again you don't get to brew all that much but it's been a fun ride of Okay, well now I actually have a little bit of say, and let's let's implement some some real change here. Let's let's tighten up these procedures. We're getting bigger. The, the only you know the only right. way we get better now is really by honing stuff in. We've we've done all sorts of recipes. It's it's about keeping up with trends, and then but then consistency and efficiency is really our goals at this point. 
Um, because we're not in that startup stage of trying to wow people. We, we, we're a well-known brand and uh, it's, it's, that's where you can kind of define yourself of being yeah. stuck here forever or making that big leap. They always talk about hectic leaders. Uh, you know, you got to make, I think it's the old rule that I always knew was 15,000 hex. And if you're going to make 15,000, you might as well make 25. So it's really hard to make that jump um, right. because your equipment has to almost double. But once you get to that point, your your break evens on on uh, production value are are just there, and the only way you're ever going to do that is by having solid enough products yeah. that people are, like don't have bad experiences with. It, it, you have you have to do you have to do good work. You can't just do pretty good work. You have to do good work um, to get up to a level where you're selling. At, at some point, the, the brewers need to stop uh, being artists as much and start being scientists more because uh, yeah. that's that that's the key i mean that's that's macro yes. breweries they <laughs> yeah. have brewmasters but those brewmasters are are they're chemical engineers and scientists that's what they are and that's that's uh that's a big that's a big thing for me i've 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 been a little bit of a stickler i think i get you know made fun of by some of our staff a little bit for it but i always take the i always take head brewer uh, when I got the position, I'm head brewer and I, I don't take brewmaster. That's not to take away from people that call themselves brewmasters. But to me, that's someone with a PhD in micro or, or, right. or physical chemistry or something along those lines. And I, it's, it's kind of like being called a doctor. And it's like, well, yeah, you're at the top of the position, but you're like, you didn't didn't really do all that work. Like somebody worked their ass off to, to get that. And so I hate taking that away. I, I think I'm pretty knowledgeable. I think I'm um, pretty in the, you know, up, up with everything that I need to be up on, but there's a certain level of like, Oh, you're, you're a scientist that works in a bubble and you probably don't really touch the beer other than for like getting lab reports right. from other yeah. people. But, who get but lab that's what the macros do. People. And that's, that's so, why they're so consistent yeah. because you know they they've they've gone away from the 100%. artistry so to speak and gone more towards the the chemistry and and the consistent results they get i mean you know the proof's in the pudding look how much they sell <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah. Some i just of, want some of their I, toys. honestly i just want <laughs> some of their equipment that's that's all i want i mean oh my goodness we we've done think it, i've done a lot of brewery tours it, it happens in this industry you get to you get to see some places i remember one of the first big ones that i ever went to see that was outside mm -hmm. of canada was um great lakes in cleveland and i didn't know much about them i always remember being like there's a great lakes here like what and it's like oh there's great lakes and the great lakes it makes sense it's, it's <laughs> right it's not that big not of a that stretch. hard to figure out that somebody <laughs> wanted to name a brewery great lakes the no, it's not. Uh, I mean, they're and but they're both fairly large breweries. But Great Lakes State's big, and we walked in there. And I remember seeing this the the brewer on on shift, and he's just sitting in a chair in a room like eight times the size of my house, and it only has the top of the kettle and the top of the mash, uh, and yep. he's just sitting on a computer in a lovely <laughs> tile room. I yeah. Went, what <laughs> like what is this they're like oh yeah the tops of the vessels we'll show you the bottoms and then you go like down a flight of stairs and it's just this like hall of of just stainless everywhere and but like <laughs> and so i was really jealous of all of that and but then i did get a good kick that uh no matter how expensive your brewery is i was looking at their floors and there was little dips even with tile floors there was dips and pockets of water on the floor and i went your drains don't work too <laughs> yes no brewery drains work i don't know why i don't there has like we have to band together and just pay like somebody has to be specialized in drains for breweries because we're on three breweries now and the barrel house is finally getting really good but like i just drains like i've never been in a brewery that's like oh yeah pockets over there oh yeah it sagged over there like oh i hate water on the floor it's such a nerdy little brewer thing to be upset about but water i just want it in the drains and i and then i want the drains <laughs> to take it to the actual drain and it go away that would be great 
It would solve so many problems in the brewery, but every every brewery I've ever been to, it's like, oh yeah, no, that's yep. our sick. You yeah, it, it, there. Like, I oh, mean, yeah, it doesn't train well, there. You know, that that that's a fact of life <laughs> in the brewery in the brooding world. <laughs> there there will be water places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's water. There's always water. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked uh I worked uh shut down at a nickel smelter one summer and uh I had my boots. Um and I garbage work, like bad work. And I was doing actually really easy work. I was whole watch because they basically said, like, does anybody have first aid and CPR? We forgot to kind of train people on that. So does anybody have that beforehand? I put my hand up and they're like, whole watch. I was like, is that good or bad? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like your whole watch, put your hand up. Shit. But then I got to watch, you know, other young, stupid men who needed a good paycheck as a 20 year old go into horrible places. But the point of the story is that I wore these boots that were like heavy grade. And I was like, man, these are indestructible. I just worked on a nickel smelter for Christ's sakes. Like th these will be three months of brewing shredded, like gone, like, like leather does not. And you wonder why, Oh, why do you all have rubber boots? Like they're not, they can't be as comfy. And it's like, they're not, but leather will last two months. And then I have wet feet for the rest right. of the year before I buy another set of boots around Christmas and boxing day. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's wet yep. all the time. It's always wet. Yeah. Well, no I, I have to do, say that this wet. uh, this, this low tide, while while pale ales are typically not my my uh my forte, uh, it is it is really nice. Um, and it it would it, it would be a fantastic summer beer sitting by the pool, sitting right. on the dock, you know, whatever. Um, it because yeah. you're right. You could you could drink three, six, twelve, whatever. <laughs> And, 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 you know, at, at two and a half percent, you're not, you're yeah. not going to get, yeah. you're not going to get shit faced like right away. You can, you can still enjoy things and you can still have your faculties about you. Yeah. Um, which makes a great segue to the second beer. Yeah. The second beer. You want to keep your faculties. <laughs> this is the one if that you want. You want to keep all your yeah. faculties. So, you can yeah, drink a hundred. It's the one. All right. I gotta talk to marketing. We're gonna get that put on the back of the can. I think. I think that's better romance copy than what we have. You want right to keep now, your so faculties? We'll, we'll work on that. This is the shit to drink, my friend. <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> I, I've actually done. I think uh, I've done three. I think I've done three episodes uh, specifically on non-alcoholic beers because it, it's amazing how far they've come in the last, say, five oh, really? or so years. I mean. Non-alcoholic beers used to be absolute trash. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you, you had your what you had your Miller Sharps and yeah. your your Odules and yeah. and and they were all they were all terrible. You know, we, we used to call Odules Odules because uh, <laughs> it was terrible. It was so bad. And uh, I, I oh, did uh, yeah. I did a uh, show with uh, the guys from Harmon's Brewing, um, and they're they're doing all non-alcoholic stuff and. Their stuff is really good. And I did a show um, with a guy who's a fan of non-alcoholic beer. Uh, and I did it with um, Athletic Brewing. Um, and and they make good they, they make good non-alcoholic stuff. Oh, I yeah. Mean, so, it's good stuff. So I haven't actually, I actually haven't had to try uh, or had the pleasure of trying Athletic. Um, when we were making Near Zero, I actually reached out to them. Because I, I was like, Darren was like, we're going to do non-alcoholic. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, we're going to do non-alcoholic. Do you think we can do it? And I was like, I, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's take a look at this. So, you know, you're, you're looking around and I'm so used to being able to scour the internet. I mean, the craft brewing in so many ways is built on a community of homebrewers, um, they're running some of these tests that you just don't have the ability to put them in full scale. And so you can read, like I'm reading blogs from 2003 <laughs> and it's like, Ooh, that's a nice little piece of put that in a little binder and throw that over there. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, that that's, yeah, that's super useful. So I was like, this shouldn't be hard. Somebody has got to be making NA. And there was nothing like <laughs> barren. The internet had nothing that makes no sense. Like, 
So I was like, what, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know the first thing I can, I, can I ferment? Like, do I ferment it? Do I boil it? Do I, is it, is it some sort of machinery? Do we have like a de-alcoholizer? So yep. we're looking through all these things. So a, a de-alc is like $300,000. Again, not the size to be putting out on a, on a whim that we may or may not make like 300 grand. Like that's a new centrifuge. I'd love, I'll take a second centrifuge over that. But so I reached out to athletic and they were wonderful. They were, they were the nicest uh, email reply that I got. They're like, so good to hear <laughs> from you. Um, we can't tell you anything. And I was like, what? Yeah, no, like we, like, we just, we have a lot of investors um, that have been like, really like, you know, they've been pumping us up and, and we're so sorry. Um, but no, we're going to keep this a secret. And I was like, shit, <laughs> like I really needed that. So I didn't know where to start. Um, but you know, I, I guess my, they were great. Athletic was great. And I actually need to buy some product off of them because uh, I, I see a lot of targeted ads, probably because I've done enough research on non-alcoholic beers that the, the, the overseer is, uh, is tracking that I love non-alcoholics. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing some cool stuff from what I see and, and they, they were super great about it, but just couldn't tell me any secrets. So then I started, you know, doing research on yeast and doing a re research on different brewing techniques. And there's, you know, there's a few ways to do it. And, um, this beer, beer took me seven trials, probably nine months. Uh, and some just came out like drain pour. Oh, you can't say that. Like that, that's that's not very good. Like, uh, yeah, like like 500 liters of like. I don't think so. Like I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, it's crazy, but it's it's again it. So we started seeing low tide, and it's a great transition. The two beers that we have today, but we started seeing like, okay, so there's a group of people that are like, we still want the alcohol flavor, but then there's a whole group of people that are trying to, um, yep. you know, just, just have a substitute without the alcohol for whatever reason, whether it's health, whether it's new year's resolutions, whether it's, uh, you know, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and, and it's been great. It's been really, really good where we thought this would be a little, Side project, maybe probably Darren being as smart as he is, was, was thinking that no, he's, he has an idea of what the hell's going on. And, and head brewer who's, you know, drinking only regular beers has no idea, but, but it, it just was like, yeah, we might do one of these and then it's okay, let's do another batch. And now we're, you know, we're, we're doing a fifth batch and, you know, you start thinking of, well, athletic has a bunch of like, not specifically athletic, but they're a good example. Athletic has a bunch of skews and, Partake has a couple different ones. So we wondered, you know, a, a big thing about NAs yeah. is that o, like Odul's had a red. And I think that was like the craziest sort of non-alcoholic that you could get. It was like, whoa, not not a blonde lager, <laughs> a red non-alcoholic? Like, oh, really setting the market trend here. So we're, we're, we kind of went with, again, not to, not to beat a dead horse, but we went with a pale ale where it was... Let's give the craft drinker something to kind of to say, oh, if if I do want to step away from alcohol for a bit, um, this still gives me sort of that uh, citrus, that lemon. It actually has yeah, a no, it, it, it is, and it, it's nice. Um, like it, um, it's, it's got a, a great flavor it's a profile pale ale through and through. It's it's, um, uh, it's, it's you know, it, for lack of a better term, it's crisp and clean. Um, I mean, this is another you could th th this would be fantastic yeah. on a day when yeah. it's like twenty eight. 30 degrees out you, you know and you don't want to be you don't want to get yourself uh yeah. in, into the, the yeah. problem i find myself in most times where it's that that hot out and i'm still drinking imperial barrel aged stouts you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah as a stout man summer's summer's always sort of a tough it's winter's great winter's great but We'll we'll have to we'll have to see if we can hook you up with a bottle of uh, our imperial. Um, we 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 put out a an imperial stout that uh, is just Royal. being relabeled. Royal imperial it stout, was a Russian imperial stout. <laughs> um, before, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it said Russian on the bottle, and we were getting a lot of questions, and we we're like, valid. Like we get it. Right. Like it is. It's a it's a style, but we're 
we're not going to fight this. We, we totally get it. So we, we pulled um, every case uh, that wasn't sold and have had it relabeled um, just out of, again, just sort of a solidarity of like, no, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, like, it is. It's, I mean, it sort considering, of stinks, considering um, the atrocities the that are time, going on. Yeah. Right thing to do. I mean, um, and hopefully, hopefully all that's over by the time this airs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you you never can tell. Wars 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 can drag on for years. So yeah. But yeah. yeah. No. Um. You yeah. yeah I mean, if if you can uh, if you can hook yeah. me up with a little bit of that, I'd be I'd be most yeah. appreciative. And like I said, I I also want to try and get a hold of uh, that 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 Ode Bruin because uh, that's one of my favorite styles. I love I love the uh, I love I love barrel aged anything. Um, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, so and I was, I, you know, Brett, Brett's this thing that not a lot of people really, like, even if you drink it, you don't really know always the process of it. And it was, it was really fun. It was, that was a passion project of, of being able to go in and be like, no, I'm going to research the shit out of this. Like I, the Sour Hour podcast, uh, you know, as we're on podcast sort of stream here, uh, was great information like incredible stuff from some amazing brewers down in the states that gave me so much clarity on like oh I sh yeah okay don't do this like this makes a lot of sense this is why i've had bad sours this is probably where these are at and it gave me such a great foundation <laughs> of what i was doing uh although some of the guests hate lacto uh lacto fermented and i was like no i'm not caving on that i love i oh, i love that but um yeah, it was like this big project of like, I want to make this right. And it turned out exactly the way that I thought. It, for anybody who doesn't really know too much about Brett, it's slow yeah. and it's a grind. And it's probably why you don't see a whole lot of commercial examples of it. Um, but I remember, you know, and again, that podcast and a bunch of other books and research that I'd done. It's like, <laughs> so you're at week three and it tastes like Band-Aid. Don't worry. This is part. And I was like, don't worry about bit like, and it was so incredible. I, you know, maybe one of those power suggestion things, but I, I pulled it off tank <laughs> and I went, Oh no, but wait, I read about this, but I still can't believe that this is going to be okay. It was fresh bandaid out of the pack. Like I couldn't, I've never smelt that in a beer before. And it's just like, yeah, that'll be okay. That like, just give it some time. Let it, let it do its thing. It's like, uh, I'm going to cost the company a bunch of money on this Band-Aid beer. That's not a good thing. <laughs> I fought really hard to get this beer. And now it tastes, tastes like freaking medical supplies. Like, Oh, bad. And then it just, it just goes away. Like, it's just, if you, if you do everything right and leave it alone and temperature control, everything just kind of comes out right. It's a really, yep. it's a really nice sort of uh, learning lesson of, of beer of like, be patient, just be patient. Everything will be okay if you yeah. can have the patience. Yeah. I've only ever uh, I've only ever made and, two and sours read. Uh, and, and, read. and read and read and read. It was okay. Um, uh, and then the other one I did a uh, I did a wild fermented sour. Yeah. Um, with uh, so I I took a a recipe I created for an alcoholic ginger beer, oh, yeah. and then I did a wild ferment on it, and it was it was. It was very unusual. It, it wasn't bad, nice. but it was not what I expected. Um, and and I, I I let let people try it, and there was two right. camps. People loved it. People hated it. There was there was no middle road. And and yeah. I was like, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's okay. I'll drink it. No it's not what I oh, thought it was okay. going to taste like because it's the first time I'd ever tried a wild ferment. I mean, I, I literally put the, put the, uh, put the wart into my fermenter and left the top off with the, with, with a window open. So the breeze could blow in and, and I let it do its thing. And, and, you know, it took, I don't know, it took, I think it fermented for like three and a half yeah. weeks. It took for it to, to finally finish doing its thing. And, and it was, it was, it was, it was weird. Yeah. I don't know that I'll ever try it again it with that actually, recipe yeah. at least, but, uh, I'm glad I did it because it was an experience and it, I learned, I learned uh, a little bit about, you know, how, how the process works when you're trying to do wild sours. Cause I mean, you think about it, there's, there's a whole industry of, of wild ales out there. So, you know, I wanted to try it. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the best, 
best mistake I ever made was uh, with Wild Ales. Uh, I was traveling uh, over in Europe, and just before I got the job at Lake Base, I I interviewed. They gave me the job and said, "When can you start?" Because we we're kind of busy, and I was like, "Oh, I booked a trip uh, to Europe." I was actually like, I legitimately was trying to get a work visa, and I came out of school and I was thinking, "I'm gonna brewery hop. Like, I'm just gonna give them help throughout." busy seasons, festivals, whatever. I'm just going to get my feet wet and get a bunch of experience. And uh, that was supposed to be like an eight to 16 month adventure, depending on how much money I basically blew through. And um, they were like, yeah, when, when can you start? And I was like, oh, I, I booked this trip. So uh, I'll, I'll be back in a, and I just said a month. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, okay. We'll see you in a month then. Went, All right. And so I drove back home to Newmarket because I had to drive up for the interview and I drove back home to Newmarket and I went online and I booked my plane ticket that day and I left three days later and and, and pissed off to Europe for four weeks. But uh, and and then came back on the 25th, uh, drove up the 26th and started work on the 27th with no apartment in Baysville, Ontario, where you think it's hard to rent now. Ooh. Baysville, <laughs> Ontario in 2013, there was, uh, there was probably one place and I, I got it. That was it. Um, but so when I was over there, I was in Belgium and I was doing, I'm, I'm a very, uh, very kind of just fly by the seat of my pants person. I'm fine with that. Uh, opposites do attract. The wife is driven crazy as she is very much. A, <laughs> I haven't Here even is our schedule for the next three tomorrow. years. How do you feel about it? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to put any input into this. <laughs> is lunch a priority today i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure um but i was in belgium and i just randomly searched uh breweries and the closest one to me was cancelion and uh if you've ever had a beer from from them it's like oh these these are the guys like there's other great uh wild fermentation over there but cantillon has a, a wonderful uh resume of fantastic stuff and i went in there and i was like because again i just walked up to a building thinking oh it'll be like a new little microbrewery and i can have a pint there and kind of figure out my day and i went in and i was like everything here is like a hundred years old like this is a gravity fed yep. building this has open windows in it what the what is a cool ship they have a cool ship like what what are we doing here? And so I randomly stumbled upon, like, in my opinion, one of the greatest kind of old Belgian breweries that I could possibly have ever randomly stumbled upon. And yeah, they had windows and a cool ship in their attic, basically. And it, the building looks like it's just like, yeah, right. bird's nest in here and whatever. Like, we don't care. This is what we've been doing for 100 years. So we're fine. And then you chase their product and it's like, there's nothing like this. And I love this. And so it, it's so, so cool. But uh, yeah, just kind of thinking of that, right. that, that open window and just letting it go. Like what, not what we're taught in school, not what I teach, <laughs> not what I teach any brewers that we hire anymore. Like no open windows, none of this crap. It's Better sanitized. do it again to make sure. Sanitize and sanitize again. Do you remember sanitizing it? No. Better do it again. Like. Bostic and Sani again. Yeah. That's your life. Yeah, um, you know it's funny. People. Yeah, people, and then you just uh, ah, it's fine. Who don't understand? <laughs> okay, brewing, sure. Think that brewing is all about making the beer. They don't understand that. No, ninety nine percent of it is actually cleaning all the equipment. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning and babysitting. Is that? Yeah. The tank cooling still on. I've got more stainless okay, to clean. Perfect. I'll I'll be back there scrubbing again then. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of stainless Damn to clean in this pools. building. Uh, so and there's and that's why they make squeegees, my friends. So <laughs> water pools. Yeah, no, it's uh, awesome. Why and we love we love squeegees. We love squeegees. Yeah, no, it, it's. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things about that brewing. It always seems, you know, you always get people wandering yeah. into pubs They're like, wow, what a cool job. I'm like, yeah, pubs aren't exactly like pubs are showpieces. Pubs, we brew in the pubs, maybe one brew a week uh, in Huntsville, one brew every two weeks in Bracebridge uh, and summertime in Baysville is uh, at some points it feels like it's around the clock. It's usually eight. <laughs> 
eight to nine brews over a five-day period with doubles and triple, pardon me, triple packaging shifts and blah, blah, blah. So it's it's a grind. It really is a grind. And you have to kind of appreciate all of your little work that always seems so useless and, and not, it, it's part of the bigger picture. But why scrubbing ferrules and why cleaning out, you know, valves and teas that have a little bit of gunk on them is yeah. not an okay practice. They need to get re re-sanitized, re-caustic and, and done all over again. And you kinda you kinda get the new recruits in and you know it within right. about a month and a half. Oh, you don't like cleaning. So this this might not work. This might not be the job for you. But we'll yeah. we'll let it go and see how long you want to figure. Is that, no, if cleaning yeah, I mean, is that's, for you, that's but it, that's key. I, you, I, you I have tell to you, clean. Uh, you, you have I've to. had a few bad oh. batches of beer because obviously I didn't clean something quite well enough. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Andrew, we have yeah, been talking nothing. for fifty-nine minutes. Nothing. That's pretty close to an hour. I think this is probably probably a good spot to uh, say this is the end of the show. So if uh, if, if you enjoyed listening to Andrew and I ramble on about different things in the beer and brewing world, you know, please uh, please click that little like uh, symbol there at the bottom. You'll see in this video. Uh, if you're feeling generous, subscribe to the channel and maybe share it with some friends. If you have an idea for a beer style, a beer or a brewery you'd like me to try and talk to, just uh, leave the comments below. If you have questions for me or for Andrew, leave those in the comments below. I'll forward it on anything that needs to be forwarded on. Uh, other than that, until next time, I'm Rob from the Internet. Cheers. <laughs>